What's up, everyone? Welcome to Making the Shift. Where we listen to autistic voices, explore new therapy ideas, and share neurodiversity-affirming methods and strengths-based approaches to support autistic kids. Because we're not here to try and, quote, fix kids. We are here to love them, embrace them, and celebrate them for who they are. I'm Jesse Ginsberg, sensory integration trained SLP, founder of a top-rated speech therapy clinic in Los Angeles, and creator of the Inside Out Sensory Certificate for SLPs. And I'm Chris Winger, also known as Speech Dude, high school SLP and creator of the Dynamic Assessment for Social-Emotional Learning. Are you ready to make the shift? Let's do it. Welcome to episode six of Making the Shift. Yes, we've made it. It's our um, Tuesday as we are slowly transitioning into, drum roll please, summer for me. Yeah, I was going to say speak for yourself. (laughs) Yes, life is going to be in uh, the fast lane and the carpool lane for me coming up next week. It's going to be great. Put in cruise control, baby. It's so funny because you're someone who I think would actually enjoy having all that time off because you keep busy so much. But for me, it's like the idea of it sounds great. But then even if it's just one sick day, I wake up and I'm like, well, what am I going to do today? That's true. You know, I am lucky because I feel like it's not just my like downtime. When it's summertime, I'm still doing stuff. I'm still like putting some effort into growing my brain I was gonna say yeah you that's true you know it could be like the other day I was on a call in here and I looked out the window and he was responsible for all three kids and instead of just like sitting down you were having them water all the flowers in the garden and like put some spray on the plants I don't know all that good stuff yeah you know actually that kind of brings us into our topic for today because when I do things with the kids when I do things around the house when I do things at work all of those things are based upon my thoughts and the thoughts that we have are just basically a series of questions and answers and so the things that I do with the kids in the backyard the things that we do when we go out, when we go, you know, when I go off to work, that's basically how all of our lives work, right? So I constantly try to improve those thoughts, which are basically improving the questions. That's kind of how it works. So um, that's really what we're going to talk about a little bit today, but we were going to share some things, um, maybe on a little bit more of a of a personal note to get today um, put into fifth gear, right? I don't even know what that means. Is that a is that a real gear? Fifth gear? See, you would know only I think stick, it's a song even. Oh, I was gonna say only stick people would know that, right? No, 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 no. I think country music fans know okay. that. Okay. Put it in the Fair fifth enough. gear. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, for us, these conversations are so important because this is almost like one of those things that's why it's so near and dear to our heart, I guess, this topic that has improved our lives so much is learning about the quality of the questions that we're asking. Because, you know, when we first started dating, these were some of the conversations we were having. And 
just to put it into perspective for you, like, I mean, both of us were, had been through probably like the hardest times in our lives. Yeah. Right. I was divorced. I had two young kids. I was transitioning between having them from, from having them with me a hundred percent of the time to now 50% of the time, which is so hard. I was trying to keep my speech therapy clinic open in the height of COVID while trying to start a new business. Like there were so many hard things going on and same with you. Yeah. I mean, my situation just prior years was my dad had uh, passed away from a fluke heart attack months following that I went through a divorce, you know, then, uh, you know, just a couple years after that COVID hit working from home, no longer at work, which was my source of energy being in person with students, a lot of things came up. And so, yeah, when Jesse and I had met, we had our conversations and that became, um, you know, the breakfast, lunch and dinner talk was our life with what types of thoughts coming based off the types of questions that we would form, because the types of questions that we form in our head are going to determine the quality of the answer and the quality of how we live our lives. And so that was really big for us. You yeah, know? because when you're coming out of a really hard time in your life, I mean, you could continuously ask yourself things like, why is this happening to me? Why does every day have to be so hard? And just changing those questions in your mind does so much for your thoughts and then the actions that you can take from there. Yeah. I mean, you could exactly what you said. It's like, why did this have to happen to me? Why did this situation happen to me? Or why does this always happen to me? Or why am I always so tired? Or um, why, why do I feel so sick? I mean, just the questions that we frame guide our emotional state. They guide our beliefs. We talked about this um, back in episode two, you know, you know, or if our if our thoughts are a series of questions and answers, our thoughts become our beliefs, our beliefs become our words, our words become our actions, our actions become our habits. There this you go. Literally this time. frames how our therapy sessions go, frames how our meetings go with parents. That's life changing. And I think little dust of uh, magic right there of life changing well, stuff. I was wondering what that was. That's um, little that. fairy dust, little uh, nuggets of uh, knowledge. And one of our favorite things to do, and um, gosh, I was going to say habits, it makes us sound like really big nerds, but we love taking lessons that we've learned from other sources, like whether that's like some realm of a self-help book or growth mindset, and then taking that out of that context and applying it to our work in therapy, because so many of these topics translate. It's just, they haven't been really taken out of that context and put into the context of our therapy when in reality it can make huge changes. So it literally guides how we work with students. So why don't we talk about a few examples? Yeah, I was thinking, I wrote down a few questions that I feel like therapists say a lot to themselves. Now, before Jesse jumps into this, the quality of the question, if it's a lower quality question or if it's a negative based question, if you're hearing the words can't or won't, or I should say can't, things like that are framed like that, or why does this happen? You, We think about those questions are there ways we can reframe them so that we can get better outcomes so that we can have a positive experience? So, yeah. Um, and I think it's also just a lot more about 
um, you know, being stuck on the problem, the question focusing on the problem versus creating a question that focuses on the solutions, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that was kind of what we talked about a little bit back in, I think, episode three, maybe, you know, the words that we use. It's like we can talk about the past and what didn't work, or we could talk about what opportunities come in the future. We can talk about the things that are uninspiring to us, or we can talk about the things that are inspiring to us. We can talk about problems, or we can talk about solutions. We can talk about what broke our heart, or we can talk about what made our heart grow bigger. You know what I mean? So it's really framing the questions that we do. So Jesse's got a few examples that um, are common between the language and questions we use when working as SLPs. Okay, so I think, SLPAs. you know, going into Providing. a session, we might, we know if, you know, a session is maybe going to be a little bit hard or maybe it was hard the week before. So we might ask questions. You said this on Instagram, but a question like, what if this kid is just going to come into the session and have a meltdown? Yeah. You know, exactly. it's just like putting your brain in a place where it's expecting that almost. You do anticipate those things when absolutely like what if this kid comes in and has a meltdown? What if this kid, um, you know, disrupts the small group? What if the kid, you know, doesn't do this? We're and already setting it up for failure. Maybe a better question would be something like, okay, instead of what if this kid comes in and has a meltdown, it's what kind of supports can we have in place for this child so that this is a better environment for them to walk into? Or like the question you just said, what if this kid is just dis disrupting the whole class? It's, you know, what can we do for this child so that he is getting a lot out of this group? Absolutely. Yeah, no, those are good. What, or yeah, like, you know, this knowing that um, a kid has some skills that are needed, we could say, what types of activities or what types of accommodations can I provide for the student to continue learning those skills? Rather than saying, why does this kid always come in with, you know, behavior issues? Or why is it me that always gets stuck with these kids on my caseload or whatever it is? We reframe that into what types of things can I do today? Or how can I best support this child with the accommodations? What opportunities is this session going to provide this kid to continue to grow and to continue meeting his goals? That's good. Right. That was polished. I Okay, next question is something like we might say something, probably not aloud, maybe to ourselves, something like, why does he always have to act like that? And the reason I love this question, not as a question, but as an idea is because it makes you think about that whole iceberg analogy with the behavior that you see is the tip of the iceberg at the top, but we're not considering any of the factors that are all the things happening below the surface. So instead of a question like, why is he acting like that? Why is he behaving that, like that? Thinking about what are things that are going on in his life that might be causing him stress right now? You know, what are things in the environment that might be dysregulating for him? What has happened recently recently that maybe was something that was emotionally dysregulating for him? You know, so many factors to think about. And when we ask questions to ourselves, this also extends beyond the providers that we work with and with the caregivers, the family members, because 
when we have a situation of saying, you know what, what, why does this kid always have behavior problems? And then we make the phone call home or when we have the meeting after our speech session with the parent, we say, I don't know why he always acts up during speech or I don't, you know, you're really setting up for uh, and not a very good response from the people that we talk to. So we can reframe it by saying, what are some things that are working at home when you notice that your child's dysregulated or when you've noticed that your child's having some big emotions? What are maybe a one or two things that you think would be helpful over here during my session? Really providing that connection with the parent and framing it in a way that's done in a positive way. I love that for multiple reasons. One, it really is showing the parent like, we trust you. We know that you know your child best. I'm not the expert on your child. You know, you know your kid best, what works for you. And then the other reason I love that is because it really does push um, parents to take accountability in a way. Like, um, here's what's hard at home and here's what I do that can help, you know, and maybe the parent is in the same spiral asking themselves those negative questions and just doesn't even know where to go from there either, you know? So I think that's, those are really good conversations to have. And we always talk about this. I, I know we've, we've, we've reflected back on a few episodes of the planting the seed. And one of the ways that we can do that, if we hear a provider, if we hear another person within the uh, multidisciplinary team that's working on a different type of therapy and they're framing questions in a negative way, then we can plant the seed of reframing it right then and there. I know uh, Jesse is really good about when there's words that are used in questions such as um, someone says, have you noticed that your child's being really rigid in their toy playing? Jesse would reframe that with that he loves whatever it was, say it was cars. He loves cars. He's so passionate about his cars and he really loves playing with them in the same way every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So getting away from, you know, a term like rigid and moving it into um, transitioning into more of a positive. Last but not least, you know what our assessments in our way of um, testing kids is set up in a way where the net, the words are negative. I'm going to tell you that in the, um, the DSM five, you know, the criteria that gives the diagnosticians the surveys that they ask parents in the final parent interview survey. Most of it is using negative language. You know, it's using the language such as terms like rigid, and it talks about the things that the kids can't do. It doesn't talk about what they can do or recognize that their brains are different. And so that's kind of where it starts. So it's kind of our, our opportunity to plant the seeds of growth and learning since it hasn't been done from the start for the parents of the kids that we work with. Yeah, that's so hard because it's like, it's automatically asking questions that focus on the negatives, focus on the deficits, focus on what's hard and difficult and all of that, um, which obviously you've done such a good job of helping people learn how to do better than that and asking questions that are getting them to think more positively and strengths-based. And I work on this as much as I can because we're only human and it's not like I am 
the king of framing things in a positive way. But the more we practice, the more that becomes a brain tattoo. And the more it becomes a brain tattoo, we're building that muscle response. So we're continuously practicing and making a shift from the I can't into the how can I? That's um, so funny you know? because even since we've had this, since we decided this was going to be our topic for the show, I've been thinking about it a lot, haven't you? Like we were just doing laundry the other night and I was like, it's the difference. It's the difference between saying like, how have you not done the laundry yet versus when do you think would be a good time to do the laundry this week? It really guides our entire lives. This goes beyond the therapy walls. This is kind of how our lives are guided. So um, this is how we can live meaningful and purposeful and happy and healthy lives as SLPs. Yeah, I think <laughs> the bottom line is trying to shift questions away from the negative, from the from focusing on the problems to focusing then on the solutions. How can we set up expectations clearly? How can we use strategies? What are methods and things that we can do to support our kids in therapy? Nope, I definitely agree. Absolutely. Moving from deficits-based approaches, deficits-based language into more of a strengths-based approach, looking at how we can best support the kids and accommodate them. Yeah. And if, and if sensory stuff is stuff that you guys are wondering about, because we know a lot of times these, you know, quote behaviors, I hate using that word because people have such a negative like feeling about it any way, but anytime I use it, but a lot of times these behaviors we're seeing are misinterpreted and in reality, they are a child being dysregulated. So we've got fun stuff coming up. We've got Friday and a few days from now, we are having a free sensory patterns masterclass. You guys can get the link below for that if that's something you want to come to. And then next week on our show, this is so exciting. We have aut our autistic friend and colleague, Jamie Boyle. And she's actually flying out from the East Coast to here, to California. And we are going to Newport Beach and we're going to be collaborating with her working on autism support resources for teams, the new product, which is still on pre-sale. And I'm just so excited to sit down and get to talk to her about her experience. And, and so it's going to be a great time. Yeah, we are going to be able to be um, hanging out on the coast, um, you know, with good people and good information. So I think you guys will really find some value in that as well. And you just, I haven't said this like on our show, I don't think, you but me? you just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just did this class on strengths-based assessments. Oh my gosh. And it's like such a joke because he had more than a thousand people register, you know, he was like, should I upgrade my zoom? I don't know. And I was like, no, you don't need to upgrade it. Like no one, people sign up for stuff and they never come. That's just how it works. Like you're probably only going to get a hundred, 200 people. And he decided to just do it anyways, upgrade it anyway. And then you had a thousand people, which was the max. Max. That was great. 10 minutes before you even started. I was like, only Chris could fill up a thousand person's Zoom room like 10 that minutes was, before the start. That was a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah, I know that was a little shocking. You know what though? That's what it is. It's like one of those things where we are in a time right now where we're making a shift from the last century. I'm not talking decades, the last century of how society views our, um, our kids with disabilities and how we can make a shift to best help with supports and accommodations and sensory needs and all sorts of things. And so if you're interested, it's free. It's a masterclass. You can head over to speechtube.com and um, check it out, you know, to just sign up for it. It'll follow up with a link for that to you. And um, that is something that will definitely uh, change your way of thinking as well. Yeah. So we will see you guys same time, same place next week here with Jamie Boyle. And we're going to be talking all about our topic is sent, it's going to be self-advocacy because she's got some great background knowledge there. I love it. You guys, thanks for coming in and we will see you on the flip side. Peace. Adios. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, write a review or share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.